Hey y'all, Joe Lundergan here. Before we jump into this newest episode where we talk about uh, Hawaii football a little bit, just wanted to mention a couple things off the bat. We recorded this a few weeks ago prior to the uh, disastrous wildfires that are happening in the state of Hawaii and specifically on the island of Maui at the moment um, in the episode description as well as the uh, the post that we usually do for these episodes on athlonsports.com. There's going to be a link to donate to the Maui Food Bank. Please consider doing that if you have the resources and the time uh, to help out the folks that are reeling from this just insane situation on the islands right now. Uh, certainly wishing those affected by that well. And, um, you know, hopefully things get, uh, get, you know, as back to normal as they can, uh, relatively soon. And, um, you know, we know that, uh, the boys of the university of Hawaii team are going to be playing for, uh, the people who lost their lives in that situation this year as well. Um, all right, that's it. Let's, uh, let's jump into the episode and, uh, Football Daily on Instagram, TikTok, and of course, Athlon Sports from, you know, myself and, and the rest of the people working on the show. Thank you so much if you checked it out already. We are uh, pretty happy with the number of downloads we've got so far, but obviously would love to see it continue growing and uh, get this thing back to, you know, the, the kind of numbers we were doing on the old show, which would be great. We're going to have uh, my good friend... Eric Henry joining the show again this week and talking all about Hawaii Rainbow Warrior football. Year two of Timmy Chang have a lot of incredible talent on both sides of the ball. We're going to talk about it a bit, but it's a little bit of a longer project for them. We'll see how they adjust, but certainly reason to be optimistic about what is happening there. And just in the state of Hawaii for football as a whole. I believe it's the O'Brien Award for the uh, the quarterbacks that came out a couple of weeks ago. And the number of players on there who were, you know, high school players coming out of Hawaii is a lot higher than I think most people think about. And it's certainly much higher than, it, uh, than it's been in the last 20 years or so. So football in the state of Hawaii continuing to grow and that's that's awesome to see so i'm not going to spend any more time on it uh follow those social handles and let's jump into a new episode with myself and eric henry and again we're joined by my good friend and frequent collaborator as i list you as a reference on my resume uh eric henry of horns 247 and 247 sports Eric, it is great to talk to you as always, and uh, I'm looking forward to this conversation today, as you can probably see by the, by the shirt I'm wearing today. 
So for those of you listening at home, again, I know we are doing this on Dialpad, which is a little bit different from our usual platform. Not sure if this will come out in video form or not. So I just want to say for the sake of if this does not come out in video form, Joe has a phenomenal Hawaiian shirt on. And I did give him a little bit of a ribbing uh, before we started taping this. I said that being a Caucasian male of a certain age, it's like a rite of passage. You have to own a, a Hawaiian shirt. And Joe's response to that was what? Can you give it for the audience? I mean, once you hit a certain weight, too, it becomes a regular part of your wardrobe rotation, sure. And I think I referenced on the first episode, I've got at least half a dozen that I that I switched through for special occasions, for sure. When Hawaiian shirt becomes the special occasion as a fat white guy, you know, you've uh, you know, you've made it in life, I think. Here's the thing. Like Joe has a phenomenal head of hair. And I think it just works for like the Hawaiian shirt vibe in a way that it would not work for me. It just would look, it looked like I'm trying too hard, whereas it just comes very natural to Joe. And there's nothing wrong with that. I actually like that. And as you said, it is very um apropos, it's very, you know, um fitting for today's preview. <laughs> you gotta you gotta make sure that enough parts of your body are well taken care of to distract from this one large area in the middle of my body that I've uh, largely ignored since I stopped playing sports at a high level. Uh, Joe, I just was thinking of the fact that you're pale, but you know, hey, does that matter? <laughs> that too. <laughs> I, there's not much I can really do about that. I've tried. <laughs> it didn't. If, if you couldn't tell, Joe and I have been friends for a summer. long time, so we, we have yeah. this kind of relationship. <laughs> but we are staying in the sun today, and we're talking about Hawaii football, and specifically what we think we can expect from that program in year two of the Timmy Chang era. And in his first year last year, there wasn't a lot of actual expectations to meet, it didn't seem like. But as they kind of try to get back to what this program, you know, wants itself to be, you know, post Nick Rolovich, um, and especially now post Todd Graham, it seems like the enthusiasm is definitely getting up there, even regardless of, you know, a three-win season last year. So I will say that regardless of a three and 10 result at the end of last year, um, I don't know how much improvement is sincerely expected from those who look at this program with a critical lens. Vegas has Hawaii's win total for 2023 projected at three and a half. That's from sportsbetting.ag. So Eric, we'll start there. Do you think that's a realistic win total for this team? And more importantly, is that an acceptable level of growth from year one to two, in your opinion? Uh, it's tough considering where Hawaii was coming from, right? I mean, you got to take a look. You, you talked about it. Where that program was under Nick Rolovich, that was really kind of the, the stride of the most recent era. Yes, Todd Graham did have them to a certain measure of success, but we know the turmoil that was going on behind the scenes in the program that you can't really say, hey, that was any measure of success. In my mind, you take a look at last year's team. They did have three losses by one score or less to Utah State. Fresno State and San Jose State. You can check that if I'm wrong. I know two of those three should be correct offhand uh, by seven points or less. But they were, I know they were all conference games that they lost by, by one score or less, right? So that in itself did show you some growth in year one under Timmy Chang, of course, the former Hawaii quarterback who had a tremendous measure of success under June Jones when he was a member of the Rainbow Warriors program, returning home to guide the program, and he's doing things the way he knows how to do it, right, with the run-and-shoot offense. I, I will not lie, Joe. I naturally am not one who is the biggest fan of the run-and-shoot, but I'll give Timmy Chang this. 
it's not your father's run and shoot, right? Like they do have, they do make a concerted effort to, to run the ball. Tylen Hines, I believe, had over 820 yards on the season rushing in the backfield. They do return Braden Schrager as well. So I'm saying all that to say, is that, uh, are those expectations reasonable? Um, I'm going to say yes, but with that being said, only returning projected were in three return three starters on offense, seven on defense. The big thing with the run and shoot is you got to have the players to execute it, right? It is not an offense that it, once you get it going, you can kind of transition your players in and out, right? But you got to get it going. And in my mind, I think that's the key. So, um, they lost a guy, a receiver last year, kind of a jack of all trades guy, DR Scott of uh, last chance use fame. Of course, you may remember from the uh, Oakland season. Yeah, I believe he was their second leading receiver on the team, the primary punt returner. So again, a couple holes will have to fill. But do I think that projection is fair? I think it is fair. Do I think they'll meet it? That's the bigger question. And I, and I will say, I, I think you got to give Timmy Chang some time in this rebuild. Uh, one quick correction for you, Eric. They did have uh, actually five losses under one score or in terms of the margin. Uh, so I believe you had, uh, you had Utah State on the 12th. That was 41 to 34. Uh, Wyoming was in there. I think you mentioned that. Colorado State as well. Uh, San Diego State was a two-point loss. And then you go back to, uh, well, I guess that might have been it. San Diego State, uh, Colorado State, Wyoming, uh, Utah State. And yeah, so four, I think. But regardless, I think the point remains the same. This is a team that actually did compete regardless of the lack of, I don't want to say lack of talent, but it's a lot of new guys that came in that were excited about this era. You know, a lot of guys who are very raw. You know, I think we'll, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but this Hawaii program lately has had a really incredible knack for finding guys who don't have that much practical American football experience and turning them into D1 American football players. Uh, they have a they have a guy this year who I give me a second to pull up the name, but he was a sprinter for the New Zealand national track team. And now he's a receiver. Um, they have a converted D2 basketball player who's going to play tight end. Um, there's there's a few different stories like that. And I think it's almost like when you look at the, the history of the run and shoot offense specifically, it almost seemed like those kind of guys are really suited well to that kind of offense, that quick strike, get some momentum going before your opponent really has time to react to it kind of system. Yeah. Yeah. Joe, I mean, those are all good points uh, in terms of what you're talking about as far as Hawaii being able to manufacture talent and find guys kind of different places. I believe the player you're referring to is uh, former New Zealand sprinter, Eddie, and I'm going to butcher this last name. So, uh, Hey, enjoy this together. Eddie Osi Nikita. That's how I will pronounce that. But he is listed as the fastest man in the South Pacific. So, hey, I'll say this. If they can get him up to speed and teach him that old football thing. You, you got to find those gems. But in my mind, that's just part of – it's part for the course for being at that level, the group of five level. You're going to have to take some chances on some guys, but especially being at Hawaii, right? Like, you got to kind of manufacture some talent. Also think, Joe, and I don't know if we've talked about this a lot, even on our, on our, our previous podcast and our former venture, Hawaii – it used to be back in the day, right? You know, you had a handful of players, two or three came off the island who made their way to, you know, your SCs and those Pac-12 schools, then then uh, well, then Pac-10, not Pac-12. Hawaii high school football has really grown a lot. I'm not saying that they're going to be able to recruit Hawaii exclusively. However, now it's at a point where they got to try and keep some of those homegrown guys there, 
I mean, we've talked about whether it's Mackenzie Milton or Tua Tagovailoa, or, or I mean, there've been a myriad of guys, and I'm talking about just quarterback specifically. But if you can get one of those guys and put them in your system, I think that helps you tremendously because that way you're not having to go consistently search, uh, you know, on the mainland for talent, right? I mean, let's remember you do have to go uh, recruit your your Arizonas and 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 Californias and other places like that. It's not not exactly easy to do when you are at Hawaii. Also think, and again, I don't know too, you know, how deeply we'll get into this, but the facilities are still a work in progress. Obviously uh, Aloha stadium is no more. I know that there, was it Clarence uh, Chang field. Uh, I should look this up. Uh, Clarence. Yeah. yeah the, Clarence Chang, Clarence Chang to Clarence TC Chang field, um, which is a very small facility. But then again, yeah, actually, you know, from I've seen it on TV, it looks to be appropriately sized. I think it's just juxtaposed to what was the facility of, of the, uh, the, of, um, uh, Aloha Stadium uh, just kind of looks a little bit weird. But yeah, um, all those things being said, I do think they'll have to manufacture some talent. And, I, and, and the big thing you hope and think with Timmy Chang is that they're going to give him some time. You know, this is going to be a five-year project. This is not going to be one of those rebuilds where you come in year two, year three, and hit the ground running. Uh, Joe, I just want to pass it back to you on this. We'll take a look at their 2023 schedule. They open up in Nashville at Vanderbilt, Stanford uh, at home, which is a, is a nice get to get Stanford at home. Uh, U Albany, then they head to Oregon, and then they head into Mountain uh, West play. You know, so I do think there's going to be some tough sledding there. Uh, New Mexico State, we've talked about. You know, I'm pretty sure on this podcast, uh, a very growing team under Jerry Kill. UNLV, hell, uh, I thought Marcus Arroyo had them heading in the right direction. They seem to feel otherwise. Hopefully, that works out for them. But that's going to be a tough game. San Diego State's going to be tough. Uh, some to a, a pair of people who we have opined a ton in the previous incarnation of this podcast are making their home in Albuquerque at New Mexico, Bryant Vincent and Dylan Hopkins. I'm intrigued to see what that combination is going to look like for the Lobo. So that's going to be a tough challenge. Of course, San Jose state, a program that is still very much ahead of Hawaii, Nevada, air force, Wyoming, Colorado state. So it's going to be a challenge. Uh, so, you know, hopefully they'll give them the appropriate time to kind of get things up and running there. I mean, if you're going to give anybody five years to really get a program off and running, it would definitely be someone like Timmy, uh, like Timmy Chang, who uh, accomplished so much as a player. And, you know, again, is kind of that that native son that um, the, the program seems to take uh, a lot of a lot of pride in guys, you know, from the island or who came to the school and uh, went on to do big things uh, later on in life. Um, but, yeah, to, to kind of go with what you're talking about. Uh, I think that that home date with Albany on September 9th, I think that gets them a third of the way to their win total for sure. I do think they have that half decent shot with New Mexico State in town on September 23rd. That being said, I, I talked about it with Jason Groves on one of the most recent podcasts. That's another program that's trending in the right direction. Um, anytime you have to go all the way to Honolulu early in the season, it's a tough ask, but I think that'll be a closer game than people expect, but Hawaii definitely has a shot to win that one. Um, you mentioned the road dates against UNLV in New Mexico that I think are their best shots to hit that over. Um, and then everything else, in my opinion, is would kind of be gravy to know, you know, to what you were talking about. If you're giving Timmy Chang that long of a runway, just 
little bits of growth every year, I think, is kind of what you're looking for. I mean, Mike Bloomgren's made that kind of model work at Rice, where they gave him a pretty substantial runway, and he's had a little bit of improvement every year. Some people might argue that that's not quite enough, but I think we're talking about apples and oranges here with Hawaii and a program in the heart of Texas. Hawaii, I think, is definitely on the right path for sure. Um, and you know, when you have a, a talented crew like what they have right now, uh, including seven guys who are on Athlon Sports All Mountain West uh, team, or at least the the first, second, and third team put together, that's encouraging. Yeah, uh, I'm trying to think how I feel about that. I mean, yes, it's encouraging that guys are making preseason lists. Undoubtedly, that's that's a, a very positive thing. Uh, when you talk about the runway, I just want to be clear when I reference the five years. I think you need to have them in a bowl by, say, year four or five. But, I mean, overall, in terms of stability, that's where I get. And, and I think that's applicable for a lot of situations. Um, but, again, as I, I led with, when you talk about the way Todd Graham left that program in conjunction with the fact that they're still kind of building up their facilities there in Honolulu, that's why I think you deserve a little bit extended time. You know, I, I'll I'll spare the Hawaii fans and the Hawaii audience a rant of Mike Bloomgren because Joe can tell you I probably argued that Mike Bloomgren's time ran out a year ago, uh, but with that being said, looks like he's finally got his quarterback. So uh, I think it's 2023 or bus for the former Stanford OC in Houston. But yes, back to the Warriors, the Rainbow Warriors. I, I do think uh, defensively they can get some things going. It, it, another reason, Joe, and it's just me personally, why I tend to struggle with the uh, the run and shoot. Um, and again, this is a, a run and shoot that will run the football, right? So it's not you know the, the old school. Uh, Colt Brennan type of days, right? However, when that thing ain't working, it puts a lot of pressure on your defense. I mean, you can even look at a lot of modern air raid teams. I, for example, I covered Florida International last year. They put a lot of pressure on their defense when they were moving fast. Joe, I'm sure you remember this. They were amongst, and, I, and I'd be curious to see where Hawaii ranked in this statistic as well. FIU was one of the uh, was ranked among the top ten teams and fastest moving teams in the nation as far as plays per minute right i think it's plays per minute how that is how this measured um if memory serves me correct and the issue was they were running all these plays but they weren't scoring many points and that was resulting in three and outs putting your defense back out there on the field to defend right so uh for a defense that does return seven starters and performed uh kind of you know bottom of the pack uh, bottom third of uh, mountain west you want to see them have an opportunity to grow in that realm so it'll be interesting to see what happens in honolulu this year uh, if you had to ask me what I think a good win total would be, I wouldn't even have an issue if they came back again and won, you know, three games. My thing is, can they look competitive in more of them, right? If the answer is yes, then at least you feel like you've got something going into year three. Braden Schrager does have another year of eligibility left, so you know he's going to be Quarterback Tylen Hines is a sophomore. You have a chance to build him as your running back. Um, they're going to lose some pieces at, at receiver. Got a pair of seniors. So that's going to be tough. But, yeah, uh, my expectation is for them to look uh, a little more competitive than they did. Um, and, again, you know, maybe I'm being too harsh because four games, it came down to, what, one score, as you mentioned. Uh, so maybe, maybe you know, maybe I, I guess I'll amend that. I'll go, I'll go four wins and, and you close one or two of those games that you're closer in, right? Maybe that's a better expectation. Fair enough. Um, on the defensive side of the ball, you mentioned that they have to be better this year. Uh, last in passing defensive efficiency in the Mountain West last season and also allowed more rushing yards than any other team in the Mountain West last year. So, you know, I think they're really hoping this guy, Cam Stone, a transfer from Wyoming, who was an all-Mountain West honorable mention there last season, is going to be a, a big part of that, along with, uh, you know, some guys like 
Logan Taylor and, and Peter Manuma, um, who are veterans on this team and uh, looking to be better leaders, I think. But but Cam Stone in particular, I think he had uh, 10 pass breakups, like two interceptions last season. Um, I really liked what he uh, brought to that Wyoming team when we were watching them. But, um, you know, I think if he can kind of bring some of that electricity to that defense, maybe that stat is going to improve, you know, uh, quite a bit, which um, raise your hand if you didn't know within the last – five years that Wyoming and Hawaii is a trophy game because I I only recently found that out, but that's very cool. I had no idea of that. That is fascinating. I wonder what the um, genesis of that trophy or rivalry is. I mean, you'll have to, I guess one of us, whoever gets to it first can look it up on the fly, but Wyoming, Hawaii trophy, uh, that would be the Paniolo trophy that was Oh, let's have some fun with this, Joe. I'm going to read it off to you. I need to hear your thoughts. This rivalry began in 1978 when Hawaii joined the WAC. It was played annually until 1997. Trouble for Wyoming departed the WAC and formed the new uh, and, and joined the newly formed Mountain West Conference, the Peniolo Trophy. Uh, uh, Peniolo is a Hawaiian word meaning cowboy, and the trophy featured as a bronze cowboy on a horseback twirling a lariat. This is very fascinating, sir. Yeah, it's it's a cool looking trophy. What's funny is it, when <laughs> just the concept of of cowboys in Wyoming, like there really aren't cows on the islands at all. <laughs> it's just that's just a funny image. But I get what they're doing since Wyoming is the cowboys, and you know, it's I don't know. It's it's a it's a cool looking trophy, and it's produced some competitive games for sure. But interesting to see this guy on the other end of that rivalry now as well. See, you misspoke there. You said the, the idea of cows in Wyoming, um, the, the idea of cows in Hawaii. And the only reason I mentioned that is because that's what made it kind of preposterous to me is the idea of a cowboy in Hawaii. Now, I'm not going to pretend, Joe, um, you live in the Pacific Northwest. Um, mm -hmm. Are there cows in Wyoming? I, I'm assuming they are. <laughs> uh, I believe so. I don't know that Wyoming's really Pacific Northwest. I've only been to Wyoming a handful of times and it was usually kind of an in and out situation, but they definitely have the space for them. I'll say that. And their mascot is the Cowboys and, you know, university of Wyoming rodeo team, shout out. They're pretty good. So they got something going. I guess I'll have to come back. That's if I failed us geography, as far as a map. Um, <laughs> and, and listen, anything that's in that area is just Pacific Northwest to me. Right. But I guess in theory, the Pacific Northwest is what uh, Washington, Oregon. Uh, that's it. Yeah, I mean, I think it depends on who you ask, for sure. Uh, Washington, Oregon, British Columbia. I, I, some people don't count Idaho. I sort of do. Okay. So you look confused when I mentioned British Columbia. Are you? Did you just remember Canada as a place, or? I know. Well, I've always known Canada as a place. Um, believe it or not, I'm <laughs> very fond of Canadians. Uh, I, 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 Drake, Canadian. Um, somewhat fond of the guy when you know. Well, never mind. I won't go down that tangent. Anyhow, I, I, I just thought the Pacific Northwest was related to America. Um, again, I think it depends on who you ask, but I think most people would agree. Wyoming, not quite north or west enough, but it's right in the middle. We'll come back to that and have an answer on the next podcast. <laughs> All right. Once we can find a map, we'll be okay. Uh, but you mentioned a few times uh, Mr. Tylen Hines, and people on the ground in Honolulu are really, really excited about his return to the field this year. Uh, he's a running back who can come out of the backfield, work as a receiver, kind of an all-purpose back. I've seen people refer to him as a super back. I uh, 
disagree with that definition because I think super back is more of like quarterback type, but who knows? Regardless, there's a lot of uh, comparisons made from uh, with him to Darren Sproles, Debo Samuel in terms of his play style. Um, shout out to a podcast by ESPN Honolulu for this astute observation. Um, that kind of guy and the comparison they used is Chad, Ho- Chad Owens, former Hawaii receiver, former CFL MVP. Uh, that kind of guy, as we've, we've talked about a little bit already, can work really, really well in this run and shoot derivative that Timmy Chang has going right now, because even though they're a little bit smaller, they have that quickness that allows them to create that separation so that their quarterback can, uh, you know, make that decision right away and, and get momentum going down the field. Yeah. Just really quick uh, to your point about the, uh, about the super back, I would agree, right? I think the super back is kind of a, a variant of like someone who has to engineer the offense from the quarterback POV, right? That sometimes uh, go ask Southern Miss coach Will Hall out of necessity because all of your quarterbacks have become hurt. Um, but yeah, no, Talon Hines is, is definitely a, a really nice piece as you talk about kind of a, a jack of all trades. And in my mind, Joe, um, I think it's, it's a really, really nice piece because, oh gosh, I'm trying to remember. Um, Devon Bess is not the name I'm thinking of, although he did kind of serve in the role that I'm thinking of. Um, oh my goodness. It'll come to me after we tape. There was a Hawaii running back around that time who um, the best way I can describe it, Joe, was kind of like the role that New England Patriots running backs served during prime Tom Brady years, which was a player who would run for six or 700 yards at the tops, but catch 60, 70, 80 passes out of the backfield. Um, and that is the type of player I think you have in Tylen Hines. So again, not that Braden Schrader can't sling it, but I think if you have a player you can kind of build the offense around in that regard, um, that's that's definitely a, a huge piece. Yeah, tons of talent in that in that one spot for them as well. And I think the biggest thing I think that's going to help them get to where they ultimately want to be, whether it's next year or year three or four of the Timmy Chang era, is just experience. Like this is a really really young team, and a lot of the guys who were at least had like the majority of their experience when Todd Graham was the coach left uh, for one reason or another, you know, uh, Javon Cordero is a guy who I think a lot of people were uh, excited to see what he could do uh, in a Hawaii uniform. He's at San Jose state now. So now that I think for them, now that they have a kind of the culture um, sort of rebuilt, or at least it's getting there. And the fact that they have, this plan in place to have this brand new stadium and significant upgrades to the facility by 2028. I don't know if you've seen those renderings, Eric, for a new stadium in Honolulu, kind of they've dubbed it new Aloha stadium. It's beautiful. And I mean, the the city of Honolulu obviously is already just a beautiful place, but this is going to really add to that recruiting draw for getting uh, some of these incredibly talented kids from places like St. Louis school in Honolulu to stay home. And it's going to help with their, you know, recruiting on the mainland as well. I have not seen the, the renderings, Joe, since you've seen them. Are they in addition to the current facility or it's actually like a new standing facility? Does that make sense? Um, it is a, a brand new stadium. Um, so the, it will kind of make the need for, uh, for Clarence Ching uh, Stadium pretty much obsolete. But let me see if I can send these this rendering to you here. Um, this is... I'll just check your text messages in a second here. Looks gorgeous. I think that's definitely going to help in terms of retaining and attracting top talent to to play for Timmy Chang in the years couple in the years ahead. I should I should say. 
how they're going to pay for it, we'll see. But <laughs> it's a whole that's a whole thing in Hawaii at the moment. All right, we're going to try to do more previews for some of the teams that are maybe people that have been listening to us uh, for a couple of years, maybe haven't heard us talk about so much. So in an effort to up our own knowledge as well as yours, keep checking back for more updates there. Uh, follow at Athlon Sports. Then I'm at J-O-E-H-I-O underscore. Eric is at Eric C. Henry underscore. I encourage you to check out his coverage of the Texas Longhorns program for Horns 247 and 247 Sports. And we will be back with you uh, in the next couple of days to uh, talk more G5 college football topics, TBD. But uh, knowing us, I think we'll think of something. Happy football watching, everybody. We'll talk to you soon.